Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are, a big Tuesday night show. Big Tuesday night show. How low can my voice go? Anyway, what's on your mind tonight? I want to know what's on your mind because... I'm always telling you what's on my mind. I have no problem telling you what's on my mind, okay? No qualms about telling you what's on my mind. But I really want to know what's on your mind. You tell me. You tell me what you want to talk about. I have a whole host of things pulled up here on my computer, all right? I have a whole host of things, okay, ranging from Ron DeSantis to Kevin Kiley to Ron DeSantis <laughs> to Andrew Gillum, to Joe Biden, to Donald Trump. I have so much that we can talk about. I really do. I have so much that we can talk about. But I want to know what's on your mind. There are some things. There are some things. I had I had mentioned yesterday about um, uh, DeSantis targeting uh, well, we can talk about that in a second, but DeSantis pushing for the death penalty for child rapists. And I said I was going to talk about it more tonight because I think, you know, it would be it was about two hours into the show almost last night. And I didn't want to get into this because this is kind of uh, it's detailed. It really is, because uh, I in general, in general. I'm against the death penalty. I've always been against the death penalty. My reasoning is I don't believe in uh, government-sanctioned murder, you know. I'm against big government, right? I'm against authoritarianism. So I've always been against giving the government the right to kill someone. Um, plus, there have been a lot of problems with, you know, equality when it comes, and we've seen that – you know, black people get it more than white people. And this is like, you know, a white person can commit murder and a black person can commit murder. And odds are the black person would get the death penalty, not the white person. So there was too much inequality when it came to handing out the death penalty. There wasn't any real consistency in how it was done. And then, of course, I remember the line from the great movie, the uh, Alan Dershowitz movie. Um, the name is escaping me right now. You know what I'm talking about. Um uh, with uh, and uh, where Alan Dershowitz, uh, Ron Silver, as Alan Dershowitz, uh, says the line that Alan Dershowitz is pretty famous for saying, which is, you know, uh, the death penalty is once you're, in other words, uh, it's it's not just a penalty. Once you're out of the game, you're out of the game, and it really does come down to that. You know, we've seen this before, right? People get the death penalty. And then they find DNA evidence or other things that clear that person of the crime they committed. If they're in jail, they can be released. But if they're no longer on this planet, it's tough luck, right? So there are a lot of reasons why I've been against the death penalty. Plus, I remember I did – God, it was in college or high school. I did a paper on the death penalty. And if you compare like places that have had it, let's say states or countries that have it compared to those that don't, um, especially states in the United States, there's no real deterrent to crime that comes with the death penalty. So, you know, I like facts, right? I like facts. Remember with the masking, 
I was always comparing, like Ian Miller, the author of Unmasked, was comparing places that people wore masks with mask mandates compared to places where there's less mask wearing or no mask mandates. And there was either no difference in COVID numbers or the COVID numbers are greater in the places where there was mask wearing. So I believe in facts. I believe in evidence when it comes to making a decision about something. So this is, these are reasons why I've kind of always been the death penalty. Okay. So now Ron DeSantis is pushing for the death penalty for child rapists. It's a tough one because emotionally, I'd like to say, sure, absolutely, kill those child rapists. I mean, there's nothing redeeming about a child rapist. It's terrible. It's awful. So when you say, like emotionally, when you say, Mike, how about the death penalty for child rapists? Just very particularly, specifically, child rapists. I'd say, sure. Emotionally, I say, sure, right? I'm not going to be their lawyer. I'm not going to cry over their death. But then again, I'm against the death penalty. So it's very tough. I really want to know what you think about this. You know, normally I don't care. I'm only kidding. You know I care about what you think. But I'm just wondering what you think about the death penalty in general and the death penalty specifically for for child rapists and what you think. I'll, I'll read the story um, just to get it 100% right, okay? Uh Governor DeSantis is backing legislative efforts in Florida that make it easier to execute convicted criminals, including child rapists. The two tough-on-crime bills pushed by DeSantis would authorize a death penalty for people who commit sexual battery on children under the age of 12. Aha, so it's very specific. Uh, and would allow juries to recommend capital punishment by a vote of at least two to one or eight to four. We are authorizing the death penalty for child rapists, DeSantis told Good Morning Orlando on Monday, acknowledging that the change would be cutting against recent Supreme Court precedent, but adding that the current court would likely consider a change. The Supreme Court ruled in in a 5-4 decision in 2008 that the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment prevented imposing the death penalty for child rapists or anyone who committed a crime in which the victim did not die. Since that decision, all five of the major justices, Kennedy, Stevens, Soder, Ginsburg, and Breyer, have left the court through either retirement or death. My view is you have some of these people that will be serial rapists of six, seven-year-old kids, DeSantis said. I think the death penalty is the only appropriate punishment when you have situations like that. DeSantis cited the February 14th, 2018 school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, as part of the impetus for removing the unanimous jury recommendation barrier to the death penalty that currently exists in Florida. The Parkland shooter, Nick Cruz, was sentenced to life in prison after being found guilty of murdering 17 people and injuring 17 people. One juror in the sentencing phase of the trial refused to vote in favor of giving Cruz the death penalty, which DeSantis said was really the only appropriate punishment. What happened with the Parkland case, it was an 11 to 1 vote to give the death penalty for the perpetrator of the Parkland massacre. So you had one juror that held out. And the problem is if you do it like that, if one juror just objects to the death penalty, they can nullify a death sentence, the governor said. DeSantis added that he believes certain jurors bring an agenda to bear and try to get on death penalty cases with the goal of nullifying 
capital punishment. Well, that's interesting. So when you say it's not unanimous, I think it's protection against the nullification. Look, if you don't support capital punishment, I respect that. But the way to deal with that is to try to get the laws changed in the state through the democratic process, not to be on a jury to nullify it. DeSantis, who's expected to launch his campaign after the Florida's legislative session ends in May, has been touting his tough on crime policies across the country. We are holding people accountable, DeSantis told Republicans at a Lincoln Day breakfast in Akron, Ohio. We reject soft on crime policies like eliminating cash bail or jail break legislation that lets dangerous criminals out of jail before they finish their sentence. We see the plague across the country of left-wing DAs getting elected. The Florida governor's top opponent will probably be Trump, who has needled DeSantis on criminal justice. In March, Trump's MAGA PAC hit the governor for signing a 2019 bill that raised the amount that must be stolen for someone to be charged with a felony. The Trump-affiliated political group claimed that while President Trump is the only presidential candidate calling for the death penalty for drug dealers, DeSantis is giving a pass to thieves. Okay, so DeSantis sees what's going on, you know, with crime going up in big cities, especially the ones run by Democrats. And he's saying, look, we have to be tougher. We have to be tougher. So lately, I have been feeling the same way. Now, you'll say, Mike, you just said seven minutes ago that you did a study and you've seen studies that show that the death penalty is not a deterrent to crime. So what's the point? You want crime to go down. You want to be tougher on criminals so crime goes down, right? Eh, not necessarily. No. If if crime does go down, maybe maybe we're in a new era. Maybe the death penalty, especially in places where there haven't been the death penalty, the death penalty for different situations where it hasn't been applied in the past, maybe that will make people think twice before committing one of these crimes. I don't know. But the that revenge element that I've always cast aside when it comes to the death penalty, that it's about emotional release and not really anything that would deter crime. I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm starting to think that might be worth it. I'm starting to think that might be worth it because right now we're being overrun by crime. Now, as I've said before about a multitude of subjects, we are in a certain place right now. When that place changes, we can alter the way we do things. But I've been thinking lately about the Old West, the Old West, when they would hang people in the middle of the square, right, who committed crimes, right? They'd hang murderers. They'd hang, you know, especially the the people who killed a lot of people, you know, like the Jesse James types. They would hang them in the middle of the square to show, one, this is what happens when you are a killer, this is what the state will, the city, whatever it is, the county will do to you. And also, they did it in a public square to detract other people from committing crime. In other words, you don't want to end up <laughs> to deter other people. You don't want to end up like that guy hanging there, right? So they did it for s- several reasons. Obviously, one was vengeance, right? One was vengeance. I'm sure there were people in the public square who were yelling, hang him high, hang him high, you know, as to get revenge and vengeance against the cold-blooded killer. But it was also to deter other people. You don't want to end up there, right? You don't want to end up hanging from a rope in the middle of Main Street. You don't want to do that, right? You don't want that to be you. So these were the reasons why this was done. And you can't, once again, I didn't go back that far when it looked like, you know, 
is, is the death penalty a deterrent or not? It was modern day. But I can only guess it was back then because, hell, it was a lot safer back then than it is now. And right now we are being overrun by crime. Is it so? Is it is it time? Are we in a period now where we need to do the hang em high? Are we in that kind of a phase now? I think the answer might be yes. As much as I have always been against my 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 fiber, my DNA has been against the death penalty. I I think that we would need to make sure if this happens that it's applied fairly. That's the biggest problem. And a lot of pro-death penalty people don't seem to talk about that, okay? The fact that it has not been applied equally. Like I said, you've, we've seen situations where you'll see a black person commit murder or rape and they, oh, murder and a white person commit murder. And that black person is much more likely to get that jury to unanimously vote to kill them than if it's a white person. Hey, look at this Parkland thing. The shooter, Nick Cruz, he's a white guy, might be Latino, but he's white. And they got one person to say no. If he were black, would that one person have said no? Uh, I don't think it's out of there for me to say no, they wouldn't. They would have said kill him. So we have to make sure this is applied fairly and not it's not a racial thing. But we've seen in the past that is definitely 100% a problem that race has come in. It's been an issue when it comes to the death penalty. And that... Once again, if you have any ideas, I, I don't know how you would police that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how you would police that, you know. So, uh, you know, is it, is, it, is it more likely now with this majority thing, with this 8-4 thing, two-thirds? I don't know. That would be applied. Would it be applied more fair? Would it be less fair? I don't know how it would play out. But we're definitely in a situation now where the criminals – think they run everything. They do. They do. There are many people out there and we've seen them actually verbalize it when they commit a crime. We have seen it, right? We saw that idiot. It was a few months ago on television, right? They went on some kind of a, uh, a looting spree, a robbery spree, and they caught him. And he says on camera, I'll be out tomorrow. Now, he wasn't out the next day because he said that on camera. So he, the idiot, spit in the DA's face on camera. That's why he didn't get out. But if the idiot had not said that on camera, there's a very good chance he would have been out the next day. And that's the way a lot of these criminals feel, that no matter what they do, no matter how much they rob, no matter how many people they kill or rape, they will be out the next day, or they will get a sentence that they can deal with, and then they can get back to doing what they do best once they get out. So... This is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. You know, I try to get in the mind of someone who would do something like that. I can't. It's very difficult. And I wonder if the penalty was death, would they be so brazen? Would they be so brazen as they are now? Intellectually, I say no, they wouldn't be as brazen because they're not crazy. They might be criminals, but they're not necessarily crazy. And if they're insane, like they have a mental disorder, they'll end up in a mental hospital. They won't get the death penalty. But insane people, right, I think that might be a deterrent. It just might be. And we might just be in the time right now in this country where we need this. 
that we need more hang them high. And maybe that will quell the problem a little bit. And this problem with children now, with children being taken advantage of, right? Whether it's children, what are you saying? Uh, what are you saying? Spitfire there? You have a comment. I'm trying to see if I can read it. The typing is so small. These criminals are in isolated areas. It really isn't rampant all over U.S., mostly large urban areas. Well, that's true. No, we've seen that the Democrat, the big cities, especially the Democrat one run cities. Yes. Yes. That's where they get, we get most of the crime, right? That's where we see most of the crime. But, um, you know, there are mass shootings all over the country. It's pretty much spread out all over the country. There are, yeah, and there are lesser crimes like robbery and stuff. I don't know about rape and stuff like that. I don't. I know that we're seeing a lot of the inner city crime, gun crime, is in the big cities, right? The looting, the robbing, the mass hysteria, as far as that's concerned, it is. So, But I'm wondering, it doesn't matter where it is, will those people who do those things be deterred if they know the punishment is the ultimate punishment? Like I said, right now it's murder in only some states, and DeSantis wants to push it for child rapists for children under 12. So I don't know. I, I Once again, I'm not – I can't say I feel bad for people who commit these heinous crimes getting the death penalty. They're useless human beings. I say that all the time, and I say lock them up forever. So what's the difference between locking them up forever and ending their life? Um, once again, the only differences I've seen in the past is that if someone is – uh, if someone's convicted, but they're actually innocent, right? And they're in jail, you can get them out, right? And we've seen it happen. This is not like a far-fetched idea. We've seen it happen. And here's the thing. I want you to think about the times we've seen this happen, okay? Where someone has done 20 years in jail and then they find out, you know, because they have DNA now, maybe when they committed the crime, they didn't. We find out that they're not guilty. I'd say off the top of my head, 90% of the time, that person's black. Okay? So if those people were given the death penalty, then what? See, that's that's the ultimate problem with the death penalty. Okay? Once again, it's been unfairly utilized. Um, it's been unfairly handed out racially, but also you can't go back. And that would be the same thing for someone who's convicted of raping a child. If you find out 10 years later through the DNA, they didn't do it. Someone else did or the child lied, which happens. You can take them out of jail, give them a few bucks, get them a job. But if they're dead, then what? So look, I'm back and forth on these things. Look, as they talk through it, I'm back and forth on this. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, there are people out there who will say, well, Mike, how about when you're totally sure? Well, you're never 100 percent sure. You could be 99.9 percent sure, but you're never 100 percent sure someone's committed a crime, you know. So it's a, it's a real tough one. It's a real tough one. I understand the sentiment, though, of Ron DeSantis doing this now. Because we are in an, a, 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 a period now where crime is so rampant and it's, it's such a huge problem when you do polls and you ask people what are the top, you know, three or four things 
on their minds. Crime is now right at the top. There are periods where it's not, okay? There are periods where it's not. I say from like 1995, 2000, until about three or four years ago, crime would not be listed as one of the top two or three things on people's minds. But now it is. So we are in a different time, okay? We're in a different time. And, you know, you'd say, look, if economy is one of the top things that people are thinking of, you have to do things that focus on the economy, right? If it's um, immigration, you have to do things that focus on immigration. If it's whatever issue, you want to focus on doing things to take care of those situations. But now it's crime. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? to take care of the situation where crime is now on the top of people's minds as things they worry about. I don't know. I mean, this is a a possibility, you know, are you for the death penalty in general or are you against the death penalty in general? Uh, Let me know. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I think I've been pretty clear (laughs) about what I think which is that I'm not too clear about what I think on this. I go back and forth. Okay. Hey, Vlad, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. No, no, you don't. No, you uh, I'm with, can I make a prediction? Then you could say okay. I was wrong. All right. Okay. Are you for the death penalty? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. You see that? I knew it. <laughs> and, 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 and that is you have to understand. A great part of my thinking, I have to think biblically. Okay. So in order to do justice, and God will always be right. And I don't know exactly, uh, Mike, I assume you're maybe Catholic. I could be wrong. Well, I was or raised were? Roman Catholic. Okay. Yeah. So there is a lot of God in your knowledge, whether you like it or not. I'm pretty sure some of those those uh, priests gave great messages on Sundays, right? Yes. So I'm, 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 a lot of that morality is almost impossible to take away. And if you had a true uh, a formal education, like elementary school years at a Catholic, like many Italians and Irish and Mexicans do for their children, is, right. is the seven years, the first seven years are the vital years. So you're going to have implanted in your life forever some of the best theology, some of the best morality that could come from the Bible. Regardless of whether you're Protestant, Evangelical, Catholic, or Greek Orthodox, you will have in you what is right and wrong. Not only because God said it, sorry to get too godly on you, but the whole thing is that that we know when there's something wrong in our system. Our system is not, our legal system here in America is not up to what it should be doing. And that is when it promises to do capital punishment, it doesn't do it. I mean, here in California, you know very well, Newsom Grusom and Jerry Brown before him have always attempted to one way or another abolish the, the uh, capital uh, murder, you know, capital punishment here in America. And it's sad because where is the due justice for, you know, the families that lost loved ones? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where is the due justice? If It's even backed up with, uh, by the Bible in regards to thou shalt not kill an mm-hmm. eye for an eye. Yeah. I choose for a tooth. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not about being vindictive. That's why you leave this work to the state. When you take a life for the wrong reason, I'm not saying for an accident, like a car accident, you ran over somebody that you didn't see late at night. I don't mean that. When you maliciously go out and 
kill someone because you wanted to rob them. You want to have your way. You wanted to jack, what do they call it? Uh, uh, when they rob the cars, uh, at night, car jack something, yeah, car, car jack. Thank you. Yeah. When you want to do that. So where is the due justice for the, uh, these families and, and for these criminals where they have to pay the price, you know, whether, like I said, if it's a manslaughter, okay. Let it be a manslaughter. Right, let, let, let me put this out there for you, Vlad. Let me put this out there. And this is what I've been saying so far on this show about the death penalty. What's the dip? Why not just throw a person in jail for life? Listen to me. Life, no chance of parole. You can't get out. You're, you're, if you're 30 years old, you're probably going to spend the next 50, 60 years in jail. Okay? There's no getting out. Okay? No, no good behavior. What's wrong with doing that? Just in case, as I said, something comes up later that shows that person wasn't guilty of that crime they're still alive okay if uh, that's why i would like to be just i would this is what i told uh rachel earlier in another program if the person had an impeccable record and doesn't have a history of being a repeat criminal repeat offender for similar crimes then yes I would say give him, give him, you know, he probably did it accidentally again. It's not murder uh, to first degree, it might be to second or third. So I would say, yeah, give him maybe perhaps 40 years, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe not life or, yeah. or 25 to life, depending on, on, I would say. But at the same time, what about those that have been career criminals that should have learned, but they never learned and they just escalated and, and, and they got caught. They're just bad criminals. They got caught and they killed someone. <sighs> You know, but I would say if you lock it, those up for life, maybe. No, no. Lock but what I'm saying about the death penalty is it's a very emotional thing. It's like, well, I want that person dead in revenge uh-huh. for what they did. Here's the thing, though. The, isn't the idea of the criminal justice system to take dangerous people who have committed crimes off the streets so they can no longer commit crimes? They can't hurt another person. Now, if you give a person life in jail with no possibility of parole... You have done that job. They can no longer hurt someone else. Why do you okay. have to execute them? All right. You see, you don't really There's have a, to execute the, the, them. No, I, I know. I know. Uh, uh, that's why I'm either, very either touchy way, on it. Whether you execute on, them or put them in jail for life, they can't hurt uh-huh. anybody else in society. Right. right? So the execution really is just to make you feel good emotionally that you've right. gotten the ultimate revenge. Now, here's another question. In a real jail, not a country club, we're not talking about white collar. We're talking about, you know, murderers and rapists go to, don't go to white collar prison. Do you think that that's a good way to live 50 years of your life behind bars? No, I, I believe in the reason is I think we're going to come to a time because I keep on hearing it on a lot from leftist circles. They, their dream is to do away with all prisons. So what are we going to do with the, the, the mass murders, the serial killers, the, the Ted Bundy types, uh, well, but the that's a whole Timothy story. McVeigh We're not going to do it. These people are nuts. We're not going to get rid of them. You know what I mean? They're insane. And these are the very same people that say defund the police. Yeah. I just want to know yeah. where is the justice, whether you lock them up for life, which is going to cost taxpayer or what? Is there some kind of rehab for these people or at least for those with lesser well, crimes? Well, actually, I did a study on that, too. I remember looking into that. And it costs the taxpayer a lot of money when it comes to giving someone the death penalty because they spend so much time on death row and they have all these appeals. And if you add up all the appeals and the courts uh-huh. 
and the money that costs, it actually costs more than just to lock them up and throw away the key where they have no uh, or, or perhaps you know maybe you could do justice by, since our country is very popular at sending people to war, why don't you, since they already have the instincts of killing, send them out to a war like Ukraine. Let them go out there and, and as a Ukrainian, make them look as a Ukrainian, and let them go into the battlefield with, with Russia. That sounds like a science fiction. That sounds like something no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to be creative. I'm just trying to be creative. You know? Earn your, in in the midst of danger, earn your way out. Earn your way out of jail. Show me that you really are. Lock them up once again. I say, I'd say to someone, tell me why you have to kill a person instead of just locking them up forever. Okay? Okay. So the only answers they could give is well i believe that death is a worse punishment than jail for the rest of someone's life i don't think that's necessarily the truth especially people who usually say that are usually who people who've never been in jail let's talk to someone who's been in jail for 40 50 years and ask them how great their life is in there okay so and then they say the same thing you said well the money the money we spend on these people in jail well I'm telling you that the facts say that all the appeals that people get once they're on death row cost and our, more. Our, our, our process of our constitutional process of the do right process and, and the I think the person has up to seven appeals is the problem too. Well, uh, we would have to obviously rewrite the whole the part of that constitution to avoid that because well, in, but, in but, countries but, like uh, Spain, uh, they, they put you a firing squad and they take yeah. you out, man. Yes, yeah, you I'll get to you. I'll get to you in a minute, Spit. I'll get to you. I'm not going to leave you hanging there. Mm-hmm. But Vlad, the problem with that is also that's part of the issue with the death penalty, is that okay. the reason why you allow all these appeals is to make sure, as much as you can, that the person is 100 percent guilty. That we're not going to find something after they're dead that says, "Oh, oh, we fucked up. It wasn't them." So that's why they allow all the appeals to go through that process where their lawyers can bring in new evidence and they, and they can go to court again and they can find a way to get the person out or okay, find a way, the, you know what I'm saying? The, so the, the last one the will be, process is for. the last one will be real quick because I know you want to get to, no, go ahead. To we'll, we'll get we have plenty of time. We have plenty Demolition time. Man movie, Sylvester Stallone and Denzel Washington. Yeah, I remember Cryonic that. Cryonic suspension, cryonic suspension. Or what about Minority Report? Uh, Get yeah. them before the crime happens and put them away in a well, in a you know I mean you know they're gonna do the deed. <laughs> you gonna have Samantha Morton there with a with, this, with the veins in her head trying to. <laughs> I mean that would be great if we could. But I think that movie Minority Report shows you the problems with that. <laughs> you know, so, you, know? You, know? But, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that this is a tough thing. It really is, but. Once again, I just like to ask people who have been for the death penalty, you know, all the time, their whole life. What, what's the why can't we just put them in prison for life? No chance of parole. But what's it? If you think that's a great life, you should try it. Go to jail. Maybe maybe they'll be there uh, making friends with El Chapo. You know, he's in for life. Yeah, at the supermax jail, you know. <laughs> yeah, Colorado, right, exactly. You know? Right. And, uh, so, look, I have anyway. no problem with putting <laughs> child uh, rapists in jail for life because, and, and this is what I would tell Ron DeSantis. He's a smart guy. 
I would say Ron, Ron, governor, governor, soon to be president. What kind of life do you think a child rapist is going to have in prison? Do you know what they do to child rapists in prison? Uh-huh. I would say death is the easier way out than being, you know, shown prison justice for 50 years, 60 years, being someone's you-know-what for half a century, <laughs> or several people's you-know-what for half a century. Or, or, Let's or, say or, or Mike, what about this one, though? Give them, make them a deal and tell them, you could be set free, but we're going to let you loose in Walt Disney Resort, and you have to go after the <laughs> Disney administration. <laughs> Take care of the problem, and you'll be free. Yeah, well, you know, you already have the instinct. Let's sit with them and go do your job. Yeah, we can do a lot of brainstorming here. We can do a lot of, we can do a lot of, we can do a lot of, a lot of brainstorming. How about this? How about this uh, is a penalty. You have to sit in a room, in a cell, and the TV will be on, and you have to watch Joe Biden speak for the rest of your life. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that would be an easy. <laughs> Easy sentence. They're going to they're going to want a quick death. They, right. they might. <laughs> exactly. Then they'll be back. Hey, Vlad, thanks for the call. Let me get to you. You got it, man. Thanks. Love Thank you, man. You. you too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, spit. What's on your mind? Spit. Spitfire. Spitfire. Hey, how's it going, man? Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Uh, good deal. I, I'm out in the middle of the woods uh, camping, so. Are you serious? I was just hoping you. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, um, how do you get uh, Wi-Fi? How do you get get Wi-Fi? How do you get Wi-Fi? I I don't have Wi-Fi. I I have 4G. Oh, Um, all right. I'm just I'm on my phone. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, so you know, I'm listening in and everything, and um, uh, uh, I used to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked um, for a little bit on a lockdown unit with uh, people um, who had um, psychotic disorders, um, some of them who had been convicted of felonies and things and who had been in prison um, and had been uh, determined to be um, psychologically uh, not to be able to be in prison. Mm-hmm. And they would be mm-hmm. released to a facility, but it had to be a lockdown facility. And they would come to like, our, you know, one of my facilities and we would handle them there. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very strange thing. Like you would read through their reports um, and see the, uh, evidence of what they had done and you just be like holy shit okay um, here's what I have to deal with and they'd be in a room and you would just treat them like a, a, a resident and uh, you you would you would just uh, have to acknowledge like in, in my mind like it was like okay they have this mental defect, this mental defect, this mental defect, like, you know, 
you know, be bipolar, manic depressive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a mm-hmm. TBI or, you know, whatever going on and, and manage it with medicine and everything on that part and really monitor them, uh, the best you can, um, and, and watch everything and, and be very careful. Um, but they're, they're, they're people, man. And like they, it's like in my mind, you you just don't know what they come from. Like some of their their deep histories, like you got um, chronic alcohol abuse, neglect, um, and all kinds of stuff, and, and their family histories and stuff. And it, it's just really depressing, you know, all these things that people have had to grow up and that lead them into these experiences and in in my in my part like I try to have a little bit of empathy right so so when you say yes I I want I I want to not have the death penalty because you know there might be a chance that they are innocent, right? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I agree with you on that. I also, I also, in my part, kind of feel that I wish there was a way. There was a psychological board, like there was a there was a way. I mean, there has to be a way. I mean, there's there's we have. John Hopkins and Cleveland Clinic and mm-hmm. USC, mm-hmm. all these people. I mean, we, 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 we have all kinds of smart people. Um, to have like a board when we have these big cases and things where we could just like get these smart people together and be like, all right, what's going on with this person? You know what I mean? And determine like, are they fucking doing it because they're psychotic or is like, are they just fucked up? You know, like the, do they have a fucked up upbringing? Are they on the medicine? Do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do, do we have yeah. empathy as a nation anymore? Because it just seems like we just want to go fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. And it just kind of hurts me a little bit. Well, I I, um, I really think I, I, I really think spit, Spitfire Spitfire. Both of this is an echo. Do you have the radio on or something? Radio on or something? Because I hear myself. Oh, I'm echoing. sorry. That's all right. Echoing. Yeah, That's if you right. just turn that down, yeah. then it won't be okay. Here's the problem: Here's is the problem. that I think we have too much empathy these days, Spitfire, for. The criminals. I think that's the problem. There's not enough empathy for the victims. That's something we see with a lot of DAs these days, is that they have empathy for the criminal, but the victims and the victims' families and friends they get, who have to live with this forever, they get forgotten. So I don't think we live in an era of fuck them. But I understand what you're saying about the difference between someone who, let's say, comes from a background where... Uh, you know, it could be anything. Like you say, it could be an alcoholism. It could be an abusive father. It could be incest. It could be whatever. And that becomes part of who they are and might be part of why they commit these heinous crimes. And then maybe there are people who are just evil 
right? Who are just psychotic and evil. And there's absolutely no way to get to them. I think of, you know, I'm always thinking of movies, Michael Myers in Halloween, you know, just a psychotic entity, not even a human who's always thinking about the next person. They can, he can't wait to get out of the mental hospital so he can kill more people. You know, there's that. And then there's, like you say, the victim of something in their childhood, which makes them do terrible things as they get older. But <clears throat> Spit, here's the thing. Regardless of the reasoning, uh, they might commit a crime. They still do it. So the person who's raped or dead is raped or dead, regardless of the reasoning. And the families and friends have to live with that. And they don't really want to hear, oh, this person wasn't totally psychotic. They just, they, they just had stuff in their childhood that made them kill or rape my loved one. But that's emotion, right? That's emotion. I just don't, with the death penalty, I don't know if, once again, I, I just like to ask people who are for the death penalty. You're not, obviously. But I like to ask people who are for the death penalty, why? If you're going to, if I say that person locked up, throw away the key, never going to get out, never going to be able to hurt another person again. Why? Why do you have to kill them? Why do you have to end their life? Do you, I don't, once again, the only reasoning would be emotional, right? Emotional. They could bring up the money thing and I could say, no, that doesn't work. It costs more money for people to get appeals on death penalty. And uh, to just to throw one more person into the prison system doesn't really cost that much money. The system's already there in place to house them and feed them and give them health care and all that stuff. But the appeals process for someone on death row is very expensive. So the money thing doesn't work. You, you lose. So the other thing is simply, well, emotion. It's emotion. I want to kill them. I want revenge. I want... I want, as Vlad said, as the Bible says, an eye for an eye, although the Bible also says turn the other cheek. So try to figure that out. But let's say the eye for an eye part. That's what I mean. So if they kill somebody, they get killed, right? So that, I mean, the eye for an eye would say if they rape someone, they get raped. They don't get killed, but they will. See, that's the whole thing. A child rapist in prison is going to get raped many times over. So they're going to get the revenge that people want to see. That's why I, I think people have this idea that life in prison is is like in America is like easy cable TV and a gym and all that. But I don't think so. I think being locked up with hardened criminals for if you're 30 years old, maybe 50 years is not easy. I think death could be the easier way out of that situation, you know, and you'll often see these people who commit these heinous crimes when they're up for the death penalty. It doesn't seem like they really care one way or the other, you know? It often seems like they're more upset when they don't get death penalty. Because a lot of these people go into these, these mass shooters, go into these things thinking, I'm gonna get killed, I don't care if I get killed. So that's their mentality, I don't wanna live, I don't care if I get killed, so give me the fucking death penalty. It seems like when they don't get it, they're, they're more upset that they have to spend the rest of their life in jail. So, I don't know, I, I just don't see the, death penalty as a deterrent to crime enough. If you could prove to me that it deters crime, that there's a lot less crime, a considerable, once again, this is the same thing with masks. I hate to go back to masks, but that was my feeling. You have to prove to me, prove to me that wearing a mask, me wearing a mask for a year, a year and a half, two years, is going to significantly end COVID, okay? It's going to significantly 
cut down on COVID, okay? It's going to significantly end it quicker than by not wearing it. And they were never able to do that, okay? So if you could prove to me that death penalty significantly causes more people to be safe, less people to lose their life, I'd say absolutely do it. Hang them high. But everything I've researched, everything I've researched shows that is not much of a deterrent at all. That a criminal, just like gun laws are not a deterrent, criminals are going to get guns. It's the same thing. They don't care. They're going to commit crimes. They're not going to think. Criminals don't think about the penalty. If criminals thought about penalties, they wouldn't commit the crimes. So they don't really think about it. They don't really think about that. They don't say, oh, boy, you know, if there wasn't a death penalty, I would do this. But hey, the death penalty, I'm not going to do it. They don't do that. That's not the way it works. Not the way the criminal mind works. So, you know, I have to say that I'm probably still, as I've talked myself out of this death penalty over the last 45 minutes, I'm probably still against it. So I'd have to probably disagree with Ron DeSantis on this one, although I totally understand. I have I actually have liberal friends who are for the death penalty. And the reason they give me is they're not going to cry a tear for these kinds of people. OK, they're not going to go to the mat for these kinds of people, you know, and there is that element, that emotional thing where. Hey, look, you commit the crime, too bad. But once again, I think, I think I've outlined the reasons why the death penalty, it doesn't really work. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really work. And it's simply just a emotional thing, revenge. And I don't think the state should be in that business of revenge, you know. So I kind can, of can agree. Can I just state that? I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I agree with you in many ways. I just think that it's not doesn't work it doesn't work it doesn't but, work for what it's you know, intended right we should be cut down on crime right but in some people's in some people's mind though um being in prison for the rest of your life can be worse than being executed of like course that, of course that, that purpose you know so you got to take that in mind as well. Well, Adam, I'm, I'm all for making prisons prisons, right? I don't think that uh, inmates should be able to have more cable channels than I have or better health care than I have, you know, or better gym than I have. I don't think prisons should be clubs. I don't think prisons should be two-star hotels. I think they should be tough. I think they should go out there and have to break on the, you know, what do you call that? The manual labor? I believe all of that stuff. The chain gangs do it. Make prison m- maybe more. Of, of a deterrent than it is now, right? Where gang people go in there and they and they create their own club in there and it's a club and they go, oh, I'll be part of the club for six years and I'll get out, commit another crime, go back and spend a few more years with my friends in the club and come out. Make it so they really don't want to go there. What I think of, I think of Midnight Express, the Turkish prison. Make American prisons like that with a big guy like, what was that actor's name? I loved him. Paul Smith. Loved him. He also played Pluto in the Popeye movie. Uh, make make the prison guards like that guy. You know, Make people say, oh, fuck. I don't want to go back to that place. Some of them do say that, but many of them it's like, I'll just go hang out with my friends again. I'll just go hang out with my friends for a few more years. And that's a problem. That's the problem. So how about making prison more of a deterrent and putting the death penalty to the side? Okay, maybe that's maybe that's an answer. Spit, were you done? Did you want to? Did you want to come back on? Did I? Did you finish? 
It looks like you came out of the caller queue. Did you want to come back on for a second? If you want to come back on, let me know. If you want to come back on, you are welcome. As you're there, maybe you're roasting marshmallows over a nice fire out there in the in the. So this last week, I've had a caller from Iran and Spit, who's out camping, out camping. Pretty amazing. Okay, someone who's not in Iran. And also not camping, I don't think, is next. Hey, Karthik, how are you? What's up, Mike? Well, I definitely agree with you that I'm going to get to death penalty. And I think prisons are plenty tough enough, man. They're, they're definitely not uh, two-star hotels, especially prisons like uh, uh, Rikers in New York and shit. Well, I think they're sometimes, people, hotels, Mike. sometimes people assume that they're, it's an easy life. And in general, no, okay, it's not. I think those people are really dumb. At least the people that I know in person, in my real life, and also on Colin. They all think prison is like super tough, and they never want to go to prison. So I don't. I can, look, the people that probably think are like prisons, like a hotel or whatever, or a vacation, they're like really, really dumb, and it's all like a tiny percent of this population. Because I feel like everybody knows how tough prisons are. Well, this is here's the one caveat. I just spoke about that before you came on. Are like those gang members who get so used to it. You see, it's like, uh, see, like, like part of our life, like part of my life is going to the gym every day. And I go to the gym and I come home and people go to work and go to the gym, come home. A lot of these gang members, these perpetual criminals who commit lots of crimes and don't stop and have huge rap sheets, part of their life is just going to jail for a while and getting out for a while, then going back for a while and getting out for a while. And going. And these people really don't care about it. They don't. It's part of their routine, man. So there are people who don't give a shit about going to jail. But I would say outside of those people who have been to jail a lot and they've gotten used to it, it's become just part of their ritual and existence and routine. I would think most people, especially people who have never been to jail before, would not want to go there for their life. That's what I'm, that's what I, that's yeah, what I, I would hate. To, I'm sure both of us would hate to be in prison. I, I would, I would suffer. I would not do well in prison. Unless I was in the cell with you, then maybe we can hang out and have some fun together. Oh, well, but no, okay. Sure. May, may, hopefully we treat each other nice, but, but I'm sure, uh, <laughs> I'm sure other people would be, uh, you know, uh, trying to start fights with us or X, Y, Z or you know, yeah. things like that. Um, no, man, I, think I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that Karthik Mike gang is going to scare too many people. <laughs> no, no, I'm not that tall. I'm only like five eleven. So me too. I'm five ten. You're bigger than I am. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I don't think, you know, and I'm definitely not, uh, uh, big enough to scare anybody. I, I don't think, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not uh, as big as the Rock or yeah uh, anybody like that. No, but once again, I think the death penalty thing. If you if you talk logically and intellectually and not emotionally about it, I don't think people who are for it have a winning argument. There's no no real. It doesn't doesn't work uh, because because we still have lots of uh, because we've had we've actually increased. um, Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, And also, countries that have that don't have the death penalty. I I I know all countries in, in the European Union have banned the death penalty. That's mm-hmm. one of the requirements of being the EU. Yeah. And, and they have much lower um, uh, vi- violent crime rates like assault, murder, rape, and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and they don't yeah. have it. So, so, so no, that that doesn't make any sense. 
why the death penalty if because if we if the death penalty worked we would be like like the most we would be the, the least violent country in in the at least like in the rich countries let's say but well, we're not true. we're actually we the, we're actually the most violent country yeah. out of all you know like, like us uk canada you know uh yeah. europe japan australia New Zealand. no out of all those countries like out of all the 30 40 countries i mentioned we're, we're definitely the most violent yeah no, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's, I, I think that I, I, I think that the death penalty argument, I really think we are on the winning side of it because like I said, just the facts I've spoken about, you know, the facts are just on our side. If you look at deterrent and places where you don't have it, crime is lower than places yeah. where you do have it. So if you want so. people to suffer, which is, you know, the death penalty is supposed to be about, you know, suffering, you know, making people suffer. Being imprisoned for decades or life is much more painful then if you're dead, you know, you'll, you'll be in paradise real quick. Well, and, but, uh, and the way but if we, you're in prison, you'll be in hell forever. And the way we execute most people in this country is not, you give them an injection, they go to sleep. So it's not much of a suffering. It's really not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so if you, if you care about suffering, you'd put them in prison for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. Right. You put them in prison for, look, the whole idea is to take people off the street so they can't hurt other people. So if you're putting him in prison for life with no parole, you've done that. You've accomplished that. So I, 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 once again, the death penalty, I believe, is a purely emotional thing. It's an emotional penalty. It really is. You know? And I can understand, like, if you're a family member of someone who was killed, you want the person who killed your family member dead. You probably want to kill them yourself. I would. I'd want to kill them with my hands. But that's an emotional thing. And the state should not be in that business of emotional revenge. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what's on your mind? What I'm talking about, the death penalty. I, Jesus I, I, Christmas. I know, we're talking, but, you know, we're talking about a big oh issue. God. And you're like, what's on your mind? How about well, the issue I feel like we, we talked about what we talked about. I wonder if there's any other topics. I, I think you might that. drive me crazy if you were my cellmate. I'd be, I think I'd be, you know, when they have the, the prisoners, they have like the, the cup and they're banging it on the, on the jail cell. They're running it across. I think that's what I would do if I was in a jail cell with you. I think I'd be ba- banging my cup on the on the bars. Please let me out. Let me out. No, what would I do? Karthik left. Did he? Did I offend him? And with that, he hangs up. Maybe he lost connection. Maybe he lost connection. I don't know. All right. Okay. All right. We'll see. If he wants to come back, oh, I see Spitz back. Let me get to Daniel, and then we'll go to Spitfire. I'll give Karthik. I'll give Karthik a count of five to come back on before I go to Daniel. Let's all do it together. Five, four, three, two, one. No, okay. Dan, did, did, did I offend Karthik? Um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but but um, you, you stole my thunder. I was just, I wanted to come in with, um, you know, uh, Mike and Mike and Karthik being in a cell and, and that, that constant, uh, uh, what's on your mind, that, that, would, that would drive you Absolute bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking really... about torture, I mean, and, and 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 crime and punishment. Oh wow, that would be that would be uh, unusual. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, is that is that cruel and unusual punishment? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it very needs to be unusual. Um, so, so here's a question I have for you: um, What evidence, um, given that? the average death row inmate 
spends 10 years or more on um, on death row, um, what evidence could there possibly be with respect to uh, 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 death penalty serving as a deterrent? Since people really aren't being put to death promptly. I mean, they're, they're spending quite a bit of the rest of their life. So yeah. is there really a death, I mean, is there really a death penalty? I mean, I just, I just don't see any possibility to, um, to at least over the last 40, 50 years to acquire any data that actually compares promptly people promptly put to death versus not as a deterrent. It's, it's, that's not what is going on here. Mm-hmm. So, so I have to take issue with your, uh, um, saying that it's not a deterrent. Second, um, when when you say, you mean the way they're put to death? No. What I'm saying is they're not put to death. They spend 10 years of their life on death row. So how could it possibly be a deterrent when they're not being put to death? Maybe they're put to death 10 years later, but what you were then talking about is the sentence being 10 years or more plus then death. We're talking about something totally different than death penalty promptly. No, but the problem is the death penalty is never going to be death penalty promptly. There are appeals. That oh, are built it could into be. The system. It, it, it could yeah. be, and it used to be. There has been appeals after appeals after appeals. Yeah, and- yeah. But, but even if you go back in time, like I said, I, I did this study many years ago. I'm 51 now. So I did this maybe 25, 30 years ago. And if you go back... It doesn't matter how the death penalty is applied, whether it's an appeal process, whether it's fast. I mean, there, there, there have been periods like in Texas where it was very fast, Mississippi, Alabama. And still, if you go back, you'll see that it's really not that much of a, of a deterrent. And like Karthik did say, he did make one good point. I have to give him credit, is that if you go to European countries where they have outlawed the death penalty, the crime is lower there. Violent crime is lower. So it's not really, you know. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the death penalty um, for or against. uh, Yeah, and and I don't think the criminal mind thinks about that kind of thing. Just like the criminal mind doesn't say, oh, there's a gun law. I I guess I can't buy a gun. I guess I can't be a criminal. They don't say, oh, there's a death penalty in in Texas. I'll go to California. That's not not the way it works. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not not saying that the – what what I'm saying about other countries is I don't think that the – lower uh, violent crime in other countries has anything to do with one way or another with, with, with de- the death penalty. You go, for, go to Japan, for example, where they have extremely low uh, rates of violent crime. Whether they have the death penalty or there or not, that's not going to change anything. There's something different about their culture. So, so this, this whole question about going across and looking across countries, I think, is just mute. It, it's not giving us any data to look at. No, but any data of interest. But the data of interest is what I've talked about. It's what I studied. Kothic brought the European thing, but when I did a study, it was state by state in the country. And I think you you can make that comparison, Daniel. States with death penalty, states without death penalty, and there's never been just like masking. States with masking, without masking, there really the data doesn't show that. Just the way the data didn't show that masks stopped the spread, the data doesn't really show. And the people who afford the death penalty have never been able to prove this. Just like, like I said, just the people who afford masking, it was their responsibility to show, if I'm going to wear a mask, you have to show me the data that shows it's going to work. They never could because it didn't. And the people who afford the death penalty, just show me the data that shows 
that it is definitely a deterrent and people's lives are saved by doing this. They have never been able to do that because it doesn't exist. Anyway, what else are you going to talk about? So if you can go, so if you can go, if if we're in agreement that it is not legitimate to to compare country to country because there is all kinds of different reasons for violent crime to be, whether it's whether it's murder or not, all kinds of reasons for violent crime to be different in different countries. Um, So if that's the case, then this the same should hold for states from going from state to state. You may not you may not expect it to be as big as going from country to country. The difference. But you would expect there to be a difference just for the same reasons that you'd expect from going to country to country. Things are different. Um, Social structures are different state from state. Not as much as you'd be from going from one country to another. Yeah. There's lots of different, but you'd expect differences. No, but what you're saying is those differences, those differences can easily wash out the statistics that you're talking about. Those differences often compute with what I'm saying, the southern states. Where you have people who, in general, are more conservative, more caring about other people, right? Where you have less crime in general, the death penalty hasn't been a deterrent when it comes to murder, or when it comes to mass shootings, when it comes to any. And these are places where, like I said, you furthered my point. These are places, unlike New York and California, these are like Southern Christian, you know, deeply religious states where people often care about their fellow human being more. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't really compute no. anything that works. No, no, I, no, I no. think it's I think it's disingenuous to not I admit that it's an emotional I, thing. Yeah, it's I, an emotional penalty. No, no. Well, well I, I was I was going to get to that, but I, 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 yeah. I just I, I'm, I disagree with you that there is good data on whether it's a deterrent or not. That's that's my that's that's we'll just have to leave that that mm-hmm. that point for for now. The other point where you were saying that the government shouldn't be involved in in vengeance. Why the hell not? Because I don't believe in giving big government more power. Well, you're not giving them more power. You're giving them the power we want them to have. The power of what? If we if we are to say as a people that that, that they should have that our government, whether it's state or federal, mm-hmm. should have the right to implement the death penalty, and our reason is vengeance. We want yeah. these people. We want these people. Right, but I'm a, I, I agree. We if want the voters. These people, if yeah. the voters agree on that, of course it should be law. No doubt about it. If the voters, this is just like with abortion or anything else. If the voters in a state say this is what we, these are the people we're electing people who believe in this stuff because this is what we want done, then of course it should be law. I'm saying I'm against that. I would vote against that. That's oh yes, right. I, I, yeah. I, I, to- I totally get. I totally get that. I, yeah. I get what I get. What you you are saying, I understand your position. What I am saying is that why shouldn't that vengeance be an important criteria? You're saying it, 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 it maybe it isn't for you. For me, it would be. That's fine. Then you can vote that way. Right. So there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing ill. For me, I, I just it. I don't I don't believe in giving the government more power. I understand what you're saying. Is that but, actually? But, if, but it, whether we give that government the power is is a separate issue. That's up to us. Whether we give the government that power, right? As you just, as you just said, I want the big. I want the government to have less power and than it does, not more power. And when you're giving the government the power to kill people, it gives them more power, not less power. Of course, it does. But mm-hmm. if it's we, the people, that are giving them that power, then that is a legitimate transfer of power. Yeah, but the, the, Daniel, there were people who felt that they should give the government the power to force mandate vaccines. It, Did still, we agree with that or disagree with that? It's a legitimate transfer of power either way. It, but the government was never given the power to force people to get the vaccines, Mike. 
That was never the case with, with COVID. That was only the case with federal no, employees. No, 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 no. But Daniel, just like there are people who are for the death penalty, there are plenty of people. Once again, it's it'll it could be brought up. You, what you're saying is in places like New York and California, where we know what the people there believed about the vaccine and that they felt that if you didn't get the vaccine, you were killing everybody. Those people absolutely agreed with the people they put in power who believed the same thing as they did. So it's the same deal. Not but every they, state always votes on this. Not the people, the people in the states don't vote on the death penalty. They put people my, in office who either believe in the death penalty or don't. People in New York and California elected people like Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo who believed that the vaccine should be mandated, right? We disagreed but, with that. But, but, it wasn't, but it was never law. This mandate thing, anyone can issue a mandate. It was never law. There was never every no one was legally bound except for except for federal employees, which they tried to do. But no one was ever legally. bound. I know, but what you're saying is wait, wait, if wait, the legislature. Wait. Wait, no, but what you're saying is if the legislature in California, New York, elected by the people decided to make that a law, it should be law. Right. If they decided to make it a law, then it would be a law. Absolutely. It be a law. But, I, would right. be a law. but I would be against that law. I, I would be against would. it. I right. know you would, and right. so would I. That's okay. Not the, that's so what not are we the arguing point. about? <laughs> that's not the because point. I believe generally, consistently, in less power to the government. That's all. That's all. If we give the government that power, then the then the people are saying that we think the government should have that right. much power. Yes, in that state, sure. Sure. So if so, so I, I don't. So you think that as a principle, the government should have less less power. Fine. You you can take you can you can try to make that argument. But what I am saying is that vengeance or emotional reasons for wanting the death penalty aren't something to be scoffed at. Oh, I scoff at it, but you don't have to. Yeah. I I want to know that the law is there to, to make society safer. And I don't believe the idea of venge vengeance makes society safer. That's all I'm saying. You see? And, and, and the law isn't only about deterrent to most of us. You know, the law is usually there as a deterrent. Most politicians would, would say that. They say we're doing this to deter crime. In other words, just like our no, idea people, of making people, people get a vaccine was to stop the spread. Making people wear masks was to stop the spread. It wasn't just to it wasn't just to emotionally punish people. It was there to actually stop something. It doesn't work. You and I know it didn't work. And I'm saying the same thing here. The exact people, same thing here. That yes, it, emotionally it might make you feel good to make people wear a mask or force a vaccine on them or give the death penalty. But does it stop crime? Does it does it save lives? Not everybody can, not everybody does or should care about deterrent. People care about justice, Mike. Well, but you're you're saying you believe in vengeance is a thing, and I don't. No, I am no. I, I'm I don't know. We're not going to come to an agreement on that. No, what I'm saying is is that um, it, emotional considerations, which you're calling vengeance, should not be scoffed at. And I'm also saying that it's not about deterrent; it's about justice as well. No, but I, I just made the justice point. Isn't, justice isn't just but about my, the My feeling is that life in prison without the possibility of parole is just. Tis. Just yes, justice. And, uh, and, and others may not think so. So what I, all I'm pointing out is you're focusing on deterrent a lot. Deterrent, deterrent, deterrent. That's where most of your argument is. What I am saying is that the emotional reasons are valid. They should not be scoffed at. And 
It's about fundamentally more than anything about justice. It's not about deterrent. And I just told you what I believe justice is. I and know. The fact I that, know, and I know, wait a minute, but Daniel, and you can't scoff at the fact that in the past, and this is proven, that death penalty hasn't been issued fairly. It hasn't been issued equally as far as whites and blacks, minorities, and so on and so forth. And so wait, you wait, also wait. can't argue against the fact that there have been people who have been committed, who have been accused of rape or, or murder, and 20 years later, there's DNA that says they didn't do it. Those people are still alive. You can yeah, take them and out then of there's prison. Also, and then you can't also, do it if you've killed them. And, and then there's also people that probably should have been executed. Um, people that, um, for example, people that are convicted of attempted murder. Um, they should probably have the exact same sentence, in my mind, as uh, people who are actually successful. I understand that. I that I we're talking about we're talking about should attempted murder and murder be the same crime? You and I can talk about that because I kind of agree with you on that. That if you just happen to get lucky enough <laughs> where the person didn't die, your intent was still to kill them, right? So I I agree with you that attempted murder if you can prove someone really wanted to kill somebody tried to kill them why should the punishment for that be less than if it happened to kill them you I, remember I think you and i can come to an agreement on that yeah you, you remember the case of lawrence singleton yes yeah 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 the gruesome gruesome case terrible where he, yep. yeah where he um raped all night long this um uh, uh um adolescent girl right uh, Cut off, cut off both of her arms with a hatchet. I know. Left her to die on some secluded part of Highway 5 in California. Um, served uh, of his 14-year only sentence. I think he served like 10 of it and then was let out. And not too long after that, ended up killing another woman. Yeah. You know, this the real guy, problem, this guy, though, this guy should have been given the death penalty. Well, but, the, or, 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 but once again, if he had given life in prison with no chance of parole, he would not have killed another person either. The problem is that we can agree on, that we talk about every day here, is that the these people... The guy was a monster. He should yeah, have been these people the are penalty. allowed to leave jail. Why are they allowed to leave jail? Why? Why can't you just simply give them life with no parole? I yeah. mean, in a lot yeah, of states we're, we're, have yeah, that. Like we're not going to disagree. Like you said, we're not, yeah. we're not going to disagree there. Um, right. Yeah. But either what, way, what, if you give them what, life with no saying, parole. Yeah, what I'm saying here and what, what I wanted to introduce into this discussion. I know you think emotion focused, is fine and it's valid. OK, no, fine. you're focused. You're focused on deterrent a lot. It was deterrent. And I'm saying justice and emotion I'm just, are yes. important. I'm, I'm just saying to me, that's the most important thing. I get that. I get. We, I know okay. we all hear loud and clear what you're saying, and I good. Hear loud others, and clear. Yeah, and, and others, and others um, diff, differ in that. And I just want to, uh, I, I just want to take this to um, move away from this deterrent only discussion and talk about. Justice. I didn't say deterrent only. I just said I don't account for the emotional part of it. That's all. Although no, I no, understand no, it's, it. It's, it's, it's more than emotion. It's about justice, Mike. It's fundamentally about justice, not deterrent. Okay. Fundamentally about justice. Yes, I got and there's you. all kinds of there's all kinds of aspects to what people consider justice. Right. Yeah. So so that's 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 my point here. Um, and, and yeah and and uh, yeah um, the, the Lawrence Singleton case that's about attempted murder and and that's a whole different thing. But it, it may it's it's quite likely. 
um, and I don't know the stats on this, but I but if I was if I was a betting man, I would bet that if we put people away for attempted murder for much much longer, life would be life would be grand. Um, that our, our murder rates would go down dramatically. Um, I would I don't know the stats, but I would not be one bit surprised that mm. uh, anybody that attempts murder, probably fifty percent of them go on to commit a murder. Yeah. Well, that is a problem. Attempted murder, like you said, you know, get it doesn't usually come with a life sentence. And then pe- those people often get out and then they succeed. I agree. Yep. OK, that, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for the argument, buddy. This, sure. All right. This is like the Monty Python argument room. I yeah, it. take it easy. <laughs> all right. And I really think I did offend Karthik. Poor Karthik. And how, how, how mean I was. Hey, Gator. How you doing, Gator? What's up? Hey, Mike. Gator? Oh, good. How's it going? Yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah, I was just, Jesus, I was just looking at that case of Lauren Singleton after Daniel mentioned it. It sounds horrendous what the woman went through afterwards. Jesus yes, Christ. I know. She actually survived as well by doing fucking dumping her stumps of her arms into mud to mitigate the bleeding. Ugh. insane. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. Right, so Awful. coming from a country that doesn't have a death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got serious misgivings about it in the sense that justice is a process and you have to be able to guarantee a fair ride through the process in order to be able to justify meeting out punishment. Um, And one of the problems that you've got to deal with is if your justice system is A, by design, expensive, and mm-hmm. be complex, then basically that is something that is loaded against anyone who's in who's who's accused of a crime, right? Because you can't really afford an effective defence. And um, one of the statistics that I find interesting is that apparently ninety four percent of people in America who were in prison ended up there without a trial. They were all basically plea bargained into a into a position, right? Right. I mean, if you look at interesting cases like Scott Ritter um, or uh, Richard, Dr. Richard Fleming, mm-hmm. both of them will tell you, well, Ritter tells you that with his own words, that his entire case was totally corrupted, exculpatory evidence was banned from the court, and basically the prosecution team said, we can't actually prosecute this guy for this thing because he hasn't done this thing. So the judge let them invent other charges and then block exculpatory evidence, basically guaranteeing that he would be convicted of something, right? Because it was all, according to Ritter's explanation, totally politicised. And then Fleming, a doctor who was essentially done for some kind of level of fraud, said recently, the reason why I took that plea bargain was because I had to calculate whether or not I would get to spend time more or less time with my son who was in an abusive situation. And I had to be there in order to be able to enable his upbringing, right? Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. if he, that wasn't under that pressure, he wouldn't necessarily have accepted anything to do with the plea, right? Yeah. Now apl- apply that to death penalty. How many people are in jail for something that they didn't do and are facing a death penalty. I was literally listening to something the other day. I can't, it was sort of half in my ear. I can't even remember whether it was on calling or something else. Oh yeah, it was somebody playing playing something on calling about a guy 
who literally had done, I don't know, a decade on death mm-hmm. row until eventually his his public defender found something that proved that he didn't do it. It was a recording or it was a piece of DNA evidence in a recording that basically proved he didn't do it. And then he was, re- and eventually he was released, but he did a decade and he nearly died. Right. Yep. And and that raises the question, how many people have to be wrongfully sentenced to death before mm-hmm. the death penalty or the process by which you are meeting it out has, has to be recognized as flawed. What is, what is the price in, um, What's the word? Um, collateral damage right. that you have to pay before you stop paying it. Yeah, and that's like I said. The the two biggest problems with death penalty is the inequality when it comes to race, and this issue of people who, you know, who end up being killed who did not commit the crime. And we've seen that. We've once again. This is this. These are real numbers. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. The idea that it's not equal equitable when it comes to race is proven, and also it's not, it's been proven that people who have been given death penalty later on they've been exonerated and it's too bad you can't bring them back to life so there are very inherent issues with with death penalty that you don't have which is putting someone in life a prison all right you don't have that you don't so i think that's the better penalty as far as the ultimate penalty i think the ultimate penalty is life in prison and you can never get out you know and that's it and i i think once again i think the problem exists where people commit heinous crimes. And as I agree with Daniel on, that attempted murder to me is the same as murder. Just because you got lucky because the bullet went one inch to the right or left of the heart or lung doesn't mean the crime isn't, doesn't, doesn't mean you should get less time. That doesn't make any sense. You intended to kill that person. And often people who intend to kill, who go to prison and get out, then they do kill when they get out. So I think that's an issue you could – I think that should be looked at more than the death penalty. Should attempting to kill somebody bring the same um, uh, punishment as actually killing somebody? That can be looked at. But either way, you put someone in prison, you take a, you, you throw away the key. Then if it's found out you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years later that they didn't commit that crime – they're still alive. <laughs> you can let them out, right? If not, they remain in jail for the rest of their lives, as the overwhelming majority of people we know who are convicted are indeed guilty of do. So once again, there, there are too many issues with it to me the, to be for it. And those, those issues haven't been, and some of them can't be taken care of. You can't, right? I don't think, I think the idea of the racial inequality, that can maybe be adjusted, but probably not totally. And obviously the idea of if someone is dead and they're found to be innocent, you know, you can't bring them back, that you can't change, right? So, and you certainly, there's there's no situation where every single person who you convict is 100% guilty, that there's no chance at all that they didn't commit that crime, or there's no chance at all there'll be evidence in the future that proves they didn't commit that crime. You can't take away that either. You can't make it certain. So okay, if you know. if you if you average out the cost of a, a prisoner who ends up on death row, right? And you maybe let's just make some figures up. Let's say on average people spend ten years on death row, mm-hmm. and when you tot up literally everything that they had to spend on both sides of their cases and all of their appeals and all of their legal process and all of the cost of mm-hmm. Um, being incarcerated, okay? Let's just say that that adds up to roughly $5 million, right? 
over 10 years on average. Okay. Because of the severity of the death penalty, why not spend more of that money up front? And by doing that, you increase the quality of the prosecution and you increase the quality of the defense. So let's say you spend two and a half million dollars instead of five, but the guy gets a trial and he gets excellent defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that way you can get to the end of the trial and be, have a much higher um, faith in the outcome. There's less ambiguity about whether he did it or not, or she, and therefore there is less requirement to spend time on death row appealing. Right now, if you did that, not only would you potentially increase the chances of in freeing innocent people and convicting ones who were guilty, but then you would reduce the time spent on death row, which increases the actual deterrence factor of death row because stringing it out for 10 years with endless appeals where each appeal is a chance to get off is actually diminishes the effect of deterrent. Yeah, I, I just think whether you're in jail for life or you're on death row, right? Either way, you're not getting out of jail, right? Either way, you're not getting out of jail. So whether you're, and, and what's very true is that people often, these criminals who are convicted and get death penalty, they often die on death row, right? They spend their entire life on death row, which is the same as being in life for prison without the possibility for parole, right? So it, it's it's based, it depends on the state you're in. There are some states where the process is much faster. You know, there are some states like Texas and, you know, which have killed a lot of people, which, which ends up executing a lot more people than some other states where they also have the death penalty, depending on the process in those states. But I just don't, once again, of all the research I've done, I haven't seen the difference in deterrence between the people who get life without the possibility of parole and the death penalty. And once again, the states where they have the death penalty and the states where they don't, there doesn't seem to be any real difference in, in deterrent when it comes I to mean, if you look at If you look at the number crimes. of people who are actually killed as a result of being on, being, getting a death sentence, it's actually like a few thousand since 1976, according to the figures I can pull up quickly, right? Right. Which isn't actually very many. And um, if you are trying to sort of work out the nature of violent crime levels in the country, you know, that is not a straightforward, that is far from a straightforward um, statistical exercise because, you know, if you want to factor in reasons why people do violent crimes, which aren't necessarily tortuous, rape-ridden, affairs like Lawrence Singleton, right? If pe- people shoot people going in and robbing a drugstore, don't they, right? And then they mm-hmm. can still be done for attempted murder under certain circumstances if the prosecution can demonstrate an in- 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 intent and various other things, right? And then if you can't, if you can't plead, if you can't defend yourself effectively, then, you know, you're at the mercy of the skill of the prosecution and the bias of the court, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... One thing I would say, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer to this, right? Because actually, um, in certain circumstances, I would actually, def- I would actually argue for the for the death penalty under certain circumstances, and there are these: anyone who has the political power to wield death over, um, over other people, i.e., politicians beginning to execute a war, should face the possibility that they can be executed if that war is found to be unlawful. Yeah. In the process of going through the process to build up to war, they must follow a much greater level of transparency of a decision, which is publicly assessed, right? 
before mm-hmm. a formal declaration of war is, uh, occurs. And that includes assisting other nations in, in the prosecution of war under UN rules. Right. If more right. politicians faced that, guess what would happen to war? Sure. Be a lot less of it, right? You think that, you think that would actually be a deterrent? <laughs> I think it would. Well, um, because, because basically, as long as, as long as there was a meaningful way to execute that um, sentence, because obviously right now, nobody's ever going to be banged up as a war criminal. Nobody's ever going to be um, uh, scrutinised enough. Tony Blair and, and, and the Iraq investigation in Britain was the closest anyone's ever got to being labelled as a war criminal. And he still and, and they still pulled the punches. And the George W. Bush administration was completely immunized by Obama as soon as he got into the in, into power. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally corrupt. Mm-hmm. Eradicate that yeah. and basically set out, lay out a clear judicial process that has to be publicly inspected in order to form a declaration of war before you can do what we're doing in Ukraine or invade another country. But I think life in prison with no chance of parole would be a deterrent for these people also. You see, that's the thing. When you're talking about a clear-minded person, then life in prison with no parole is, is, is a nightmarish situation. People actually have nightmares. I've had nightmares about being in prison. I'm sure most people do. So uh, it's just that is a very nightmarish situation to people who can think, people who are sane. And I think – so when you, when you talk about that difference, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference to the criminal mind, to the sane person. Life without the chance of ever getting out of prison is fucking bad, okay? They're not going to want to do it. And I think that's a deterrent to people who can think clearly. But when you talk about the criminal mind, someone who's just has a criminal, maybe they're, they're, they're insane, they're evil, or they, they, they commit a lot of crimes, that's become their life. They don't think about that stuff. They don't think about the penalty. They just think about the next crime they're going to commit. So... It's so different when you talk. That's why when you talk about penalties for like politicians, for like regular people, you know, for lawyers, most of them who get into politics. Yeah, they're not going to want to spend life in prison without the possibility of parole. That would be a great deterrent for them. I don't think you need a death penalty, you know, so. But I think for most criminals, they don't they don't think about the criminals don't think about consequences. They don't. They don't care. They don't. And there could be many reasons for that. Right. I, I've outlined some of them lately where there isn't much of a punishment. Right. Where they're out on the street the next day or they get a very you know short sentence or they're in gangs and part of their life is going going in and out of prison. So there are many reasons, you know, why the criminal mind doesn't care about the punishment, it, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. So, mm. you know, I, I think that y- you have to be able to look at it from that perspective of the criminal and that someone who's going to commit a crime is not going to think, oh boy, you know, I'm worried about life in prison or I'm worried about the death penalty. They're just going to commit it anyway. But we as society have to make sure, I believe the punishment is you can not do that to other people again. Once you've served notice, this is not a movie. Okay. This is not like uh, Vlad was saying, where we can predict, uh, you know, crimes, people committing crimes before they commit them. But once they do, and once they've served notice, we have to make sure they can't do that again. And that's something we don't do well. That's something these liberal prosecutors don't do well. We see it over and over again, right? We see it. Oh, this person committed, killed somebody. Um, they were, they have 25 mugshots. 
they have the, you know, they have a, a, a long list of prior offenses and, you know, they've done, this is the eighth crime they've committed and they spent a total of three months in jail. We see that all the time. That's the problem. That's the problem. We as a society have to punish people and make sure they understand that we're not going to allow them to continually, habitually uh, wreak havoc on society. To me, that is all we can do. That's all we can do. And hopefully, hopefully, if we do that consistently, if we do that consistently, maybe there'll be less crime. But we, we have to do that first. We have to do it. Without wanting to drag this out, I, I'm very wary of um, the reality of um, the prison industrial complex, as somebody mentioned in here in the in the in the um, look in the comments, right? I and, understand and, that, but and, and the problem is the problem is that you can't have you can't have surety in the process when you know the process is bent, and the process definitely in the US is bent, right? Um, and it's probably fairly bent in the UK, mm-hmm. which means that basically. On the one hand, certain criminals can do stuff because they understand the laxities or the they understand how to game the system, right? But also, on the other hand, there are people who end up in prison for, for absolutely minor things. I mean, the whole thing about minimum tariff drugs policy is a fucking joke, right? Why should somebody with carrying half a gram of weed go to jail for the same duration as somebody who's equipped to supply, right? That's nonsense, isn't it? Right. Right. But that's prevailed for quite a long period of time. Uh, what does that do? Well, that just feeds the prison industrial complex yeah. and robs yeah. people of their lives for, for for reasons that aren't even that are culturally now irrelevant. I mean, if you know, go back fifteen years to states where where before the legalization or decriminalization of drugs in the US, there were people banged up for more than five years for minor carry offences. Right, as far yeah. as I'm aware, now you could you can do all of that legally in a state how would you feel if you said fuck me the thing i did was irrelevant because i didn't hurt anybody and i was just smoking my own bit of weed and then eventually society went that way anyway and i just lost five maybe ten years of my goddamn life as a result of that you know this is these are inconsistency well the changes in the legal system but there are also grotesque inconsistencies in it and the idea that prison isn't a deterrent you know, it depends upon what, like you say, what you make prison as well as, you know, the other parts of the system. But and, here's case and in the point, terminality of the sentence. So, you know, I don't have an answer for it. No, but, but if you look at, if you look at, at certain specific time periods, such as the 90s in New York, where crime was really bad, Giuliani took over. They did a certain, they, did, they didn't need the death penalty. They didn't need the death penalty to cut down on crime, on violent crime. Violent crime was severely cut down because of a series of things, Right. Uh, more police on the streets as a deterrent, right? More police. That was that that worked. Okay, um, more police in the subways made the sub- subway safer because there was a deterrent, right? There you go. Criminals don't want to have to come up against police or people with guns. Citizens with citizens with guns would also be more of a deterrent. We've seen that. We know that in in, in Republican-run cities where people uh, there are 26 states now where you're allowed to carry a gun without a license. Okay, you're allowed to carry a gun on you. You don't have to have a carry license. 26 states. And we know that in most of those states, the crime is much lower than in, 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 uh, in places like Chicago and New York and San Francisco, L.A., where most law-abiding citizens can't get a gun. OK, so the, the, the fact of the matter is New York City under Rudy Giuliani does several things, whether it's, you know, the small, those small crimes, what they call them quality of life crimes, the broken windows theory of policing, where if someone jumps a turnstile, you arrest them. 
You don't just let them go or give them a slap or give them a $5 fine. You arrest them. We saw things that Giuliani did that had nothing to do with the death penalty. The death penalty was not legal. Um, that's, that, that really cut down on crime. So we know there are fundamental things that a city can do if they want to cut down. Every city can do these things to cut down on crime. Okay, There's a list of five or six big things that they could do that has nothing to do with bringing in the death penalty. And yet it cuts down on all kinds of crime from jumping a turnstile to killing somebody. We know this. It's been done. It's not a mystery, Gator. It's not. It's been done. There are just, right now, most of the mayors and DAs in these cities don't want to do those things. They don't want to do those things. So you're not getting people getting, you know, longer sentences than, than they should. You're getting mostly people getting no sentences or shorter sentences than they should. Or felonies that are downgraded to misdemeanors, which happened in like 50% of the cases so far under Alvin Bragg, except for Trump. He did the opposite. <laughs> but for 50% of the cases that have come across his desk in, in the two years where he's been, de- he's, he's downgraded them to from a felony to a misdemeanor those are the I, I wonder if, i wonder if coming across alvin bragg's desk is the difference between a stricter sentence and a softer sentence yeah well that's probably you probably want it to go across unless you're donald trump then you probably want the case to go uh you know in front of uh, alvin bragg because you know that his history is that he's going to every one out of every two felonies he's going to downgrade to misdemeanor plus he loses the majority of his cases on top of that. So it's great to be a criminal in New York where you know you have a 50% chance of your felony being downgraded to misdemeanor and a pretty good chance, even if you're, you know, arrested, that you're going to be acquitted because Alvin Bragg... As, lo- as long as you're prepared yeah. to come across Alvin Bragg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or anyone that works On that note, Mike, I'll let Daniel come back in. Yeah, yeah. Well, D- Daniel, do you want to talk to Gator or do you want to talk to me? You've been... This is by accident. Do you not want to talk? I, I, I wanted to check to see which. Did you want to do a patented US UK voice off? The Daniel of the US versus Gator of the UK? You said Mike. Oh, you want to talk to me? Oh, that's right. You. Daniel, you're back on. What's on? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, breaking my rule for you. I'm breaking my rule for you. I know. This is like the first time I, I'm breaking my own rule. I, I usually never call back. But um, there was um, one other point that I wanted to make about the deterrent. But um, uh-huh. but um, we, we got off there. And that is that um, quite often, and it's very frequent, that um, people that are charged with homicide um, take plea deals. And yeah. they, they, they plead down to lesser crimes, um, maybe even voluntary manslaughter. Right. Uh, and, and so and, and if you think about this, this is seriously going to pollute those deterrent um, related um, statistics. Um, just think about it for a moment and you will see that it will tend to flatten it out and make it look like uh, uh, the death penalty uh, is not a deterrent. Because so, they downgrade. So, so, so think about think about that a little bit. That's all I wanted to. That's all I wanted to say. It, it's easy to see how it would wash out the deterrent um, aspect of uh, the death penalty. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. it. That's um, it. Okay. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Like I said, I I I still believe. I want to take the point of view that the ha- the emotional part is important and valid. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But I believe that is mostly what it is. It really is. That's mostly what it is. Because you can't, once again, you just, if I said life in prison without parole, 
What's what is that great? What's wrong with that? That's a, a big punishment. And that person can't hurt someone else again. All right. So what? But just in case they're innocent and it's proven, you know, if they find new evidence that shows the person is not guilty, they're still alive to take out of prison. Or once again, we know the problem is handing out death penalty equally when it comes to race. It's that's that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue. And that could be proven. And once you're proven that people are being killed because they're black or more black people are being killed than white because they're black, then that law can't stand. That law can't stand. This is that we talk about fake racism all the time on this show. How Democrats like to cry racism for everything. You look at them the wrong way. You're a racist. That's real racism. And that can't be allowed when it comes to the government killing somebody. They can't kill somebody because they're black or kill more black people than white people who do the same crimes. You can't have that. And that's been proven through the numbers, proven through the numbers. The white person committing the exact same kind of murder as the white person. And the black person is more likely to get the death penalty handed down by a jury of their peers, who will probably be mostly white, uh, over the black person. So, we, so that – and I don't know how you take care of that. I don't think you can. I don't think you can take care of that to make me, you know, feel better about that. So that is real. That is real problem. And that's not justice. That's not justice. That's racism. That's racism. So once again, these are just facts. These are facts. You can't make up your own facts. Just like with masking and vaccines, you can't make up your own facts. These are the facts. You, you decide whether you care about them or not, whether just killing somebody is most important, more important than the facts. That's, that's your feeling. That's your feeling. But once again, I, I can't, when I started this show an hour and 36 minutes and 18 seconds ago, uh, I was kind of, you know, thinking that I'd be for what Ron DeSantis has proposed, which by the way, if you didn't start, if you didn't start listening at the beginning, it's the, uh, what he, the, the, what got me on the talk about the death penalty was that DeSantis is proposing the death penalty for child rapists of raping children under 12 and making it, it right now it has to be unanimous and unanimous. A jury has to unanimously hand down the death penalty. He wants to make it where two to one, eight to four is good enough. So 67%. Is that right? Yeah. Would be, would be good enough. So that's what got me thinking about the death penalty. And I think I'm going to have to disagree with the president. I mean, the governor, sorry, sorry. There's a Freudian slip uh, on, uh, on this one, you know, but I understand where he's coming from. I mean, we're just, we're at a point now where it's, it, it's just, it's just so crime is so bad, right. That we're all victims now, you know, when no, they talked about COVID, the bullshit. The left talked about COVID. Like, oh, you're going to know every, you're going to know people who died. Everyone's going to know 30 people who died. It was all bullshit, obviously. But the fact with crime now is that we're all either a victim at some point or we know someone pretty directly who's a victim, right? Or we're a victim and we also know someone pretty directly who's a victim. That's, that's true. That's a, the left will make you believe that's not true, but it is true. And just to finish up my thought, something else I wanted to cover. There's a few things I want to cover. Maybe I'll save for tomorrow. And DeSantis is targeting cultural Marxism and vows a war on the woke 
at uh, Liberty University a couple of days ago. He gave a speech at Liberty University, really well attended. Great crowd. As Trump would say, great crowd. I get great crowds, you know, but uh, he had a great crowd and he spoke about the having the war on the woke and his and his war on Disney. Um, and it's not really war on Disney. It's more. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. It's not you know, it's not a, the left will make you believe it's a war on Disney. He doesn't have a war. He doesn't have a war on fucking Mickey Mouse. OK, he has a war on corp, woke corporations who are getting tax breaks they shouldn't get. That's the war, okay? And treating all these corporations. Once again, what we're seeing from the left, this is so fascinating, isn't it? That they now believe that women's rights don't matter and they love corporate America. They want, they want, they, all of a sudden the left thinks the wealthiest corporate, one of the wealthiest corporations in the world, Disney, should get tax breaks. All of a sudden the left believes this. They're all sucking up the corporate America all of a sudden. So once again, this is why. Daniel likes to say, and I like to say it too, the illiberal left. They're not liberals anymore. These aren't liberals. Since when would liberals be against women's rights? Since when would liberals before big corporations getting tax breaks they shouldn't get? Since when? Well, that's where we are now. That's where the illiberal left is now. Okay? And so, what's that? They didn't leave me. The party didn't leave. I didn't leave the party. The party left me. The liberals didn't. I didn't leave the liberals. The liberals left me because this is total horseshit. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow. I'll read the article uh, written in Zero Hedge by our friend from Fight Club, Tyler Durden. But uh, once again, on, on the death penalty thing, it's, it's just I understand the sentiment now because we're so overrun by crime. OK, and it was total bullshit when the left said. That we're all going we're all, we're all to know, you know, a bunch of people who die of COVID. That was, all, of course, nonsense. But we all know victims of crime. If it's not ourself, we all know victims of crime. And it's getting more and more prevalent now. Yeah, that, you know, we all know this. So I understand the feeling. I understand the emotion behind this. And Daniel and others, I'm not, I'm not saying that the emotion doesn't matter. I'm not canceling emotion here. What I'm saying is when making a decision as whether I'm for it or against it, if I were to have a vote, if I were to be in Congress, the reasons, I have to have reasons for voting for something or against something. And I've laid out my reasons, which I think are incredibly valid for still voting against the penalty now, even though crime is up, right? I think we can do other things. And I've just talked about that. Giuliani did other things, right? There have been mayors and DAs in Los Angeles that have done other things where the death penalty has been not legal, not part of the equation, that have really, literally, figuratively, mathematically, statistically cut down on all kinds of crime, from the quality of life crimes to to murder, first-degree murder. And it, it really has to do with more police. That's a big part of it. And prosecuting crimes. It's, it's that simple. Police and prosecuting people when they commit crimes. Those things, those things have proven, have proven to cut down on crime. So let's do those things. Let's do those things. Why aren't we doing that? That's the bigger question here. Why aren't we doing We can argue all we want over the death penalty. I will tell you that death penalty will be legal most of the time in Texas and Florida, it'll be illegal in New York and California, right? I think that's just the way it's going to be for the most part, most of the time, depending on who's in the legislature and who the governor is. So those things are not going to change. 
but we need to be on the same page when it comes with when it comes to uh the 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 crime we ha- we see on a daily basis and how we cut down on that how we cut down on that and people like Rudy Giuliani the the the, the former Giuliani not the current one the former the former guy not the one that has the hair gel running down his face, but um, and sucks up the Trump. But the former one, the mayor, the America's mayor in the 90s did did ser- several things, did several things that made New York safer, safer. And we can complain where it became more corporatized or dull. If your idea of exciting is more crime, that could be true. But it it, it definitely made New York safer and made New York statistically the safest big city in the world for a while. For a while it was. It was the safest big city in the world, not the country, the world. And that was because of certain things that were done. You, you, you heard it. You heard people saying, wow, I can't believe I'm walking around New York at one, two in the morning. I feel so safe here. It's so clean here. There are no homeless tents. There are no people in the street. I don't feel like I'm going to be killed. People were saying that for about 10, 15 years, Giuliani and Bloomberg. And then that, you know, it's gone completely into the gutter under um, de Blasio and Eric Adams. So, and San Francisco, people who lived here in the 70s and 80s will say, oh, I felt so. Even these morons who say it was crime ridden in the 70s, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, there are people who will tell you they loved it here at that time, right? And uh, they, they felt safe here and flower children and freedom and all that nonsense that People felt safe walking the streets of San Francisco. They don't anymore. They don't anymore. So reality strikes and it tells us the truth. But there are very, very concrete things that we can do that we know work that will cut down on all kinds of crime and has nothing to do with instituting a death penalty. Nothing to do with that. So um, let's see other things I wanted to Cover. Oh, sorry. I lost my train of thought. Okay, Alvin Bragg. So I wanted to end on this. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. This The hearings that they were having in New York, the Republicans in the House were having in New York on uh, crime and how the left is now saying that they're doing this for political reasons because they want to get back at Alvin Bragg for what he did to Donald Trump. First of all, it's total horseshit because they're going to go to other cities like Chicago, hopefully here as well, to talk about this. And crime is a problem in New York. And those people who were testifying, who had lost loved ones, they are not politicians. So to spit on them and say they were only being used as political uh, you know, pawns is total horseshit. Once again, you see a lot of these leftists, these elitists up on their high horse talking about how, oh, you know, totally poo-pooing their, their personal experiences, these people, and saying it doesn't matter, and they're, they're stupid enough to be used as political pawns. But on top of that, Alvin Bragg wants to be a big shot, man. All right? Hey, Alvin, he wants to be a big shot. He wants to be in the limelight. He put himself front and center of the spotlight by doing what he did to a president, by doing, being the first district attorney to ever indict a former president and current presidential candidate he put himself in the spotlight. Too fucking bad, man. You put yourself in the spotlight. Now we're going to look at your record. Now we're going to look at your record first. You are the DA of the largest city in the country. We're going to look at your record first. And you want to be a big shot. 
You want to be a big shot. Now you're a big shot. So I have no sympathy for this idea that once again, hey, emotion, right? Emotion, revenge. I think that's fine in this case. I think it's fine. So you're getting a twofer. You're getting getting at Bragg for what he did, which you feel was not legal and totally political. And it's the liberals will talk about how these these victims talking about the crimes that were committed against their children and such is political. But what Calvin Bragg is doing to Donald Trump is not politics. Once again, this is the this is the hypocrisy, the utter hypocrisy of the left. But I have no sympathy for Alvin Bragg. He put himself front and center by doing something that's never been done in the history of this country. So now he's a target and his record is fair game. His record's fair game. In other words, if you want to be shit at your job, then fly under the radar. But once you make a point of things and you want to be a big shot, then people are going to look at your record. This is the same thing with Disney. They were getting these tax breaks. I don't know if DeSantis knew about it or not. But then they made a fucking point of themselves, man, by getting into the game, the politics game. Instead of just serving their overpriced fucking food, selling their overpriced tickets, putting out their cartoons, they decided to get into the political game and no longer fly under the radar when it came to that stuff. And now DeSantis finds out, whether he knew it or not, now he does, that they were getting these great tax breaks. So too fucking bad. Now you got to deal with it because you want it to be a big shot. Okay. So Disney wanted to be a big shot. Alvin Bragg wanted to be a big shot. Now they reap what they sow. And I have no sympathy for either of them. We'll talk more about this as the, as the week goes on. I'm going to do a last call for calls. I'm going to do a last call for calls. Everyone except Daniel. Everyone. <laughs> Every and Gator, you can call back if you want, because they're there. But any anyone else, if you want to call in, if you have anything to say, if you have anything to add, and if you have nothing to add, I'm going to assume that I've covered everything myself. And Daniel and Gator and who else called in uh, Vlad and Karthik, who ran away, who's now mad because I said just because I just said I don't want to share a prison cell with a guy. Hey, that's the way you offend people these days. This is how woke we are. I say I don't want to share a prison cell with you, and you get offended by it. I tell you, some people. Um, and Spitfire, we got a call from uh, a campfire. He's out camping. He's out camping. I hope I hope uh, Wolf didn't get him. He just sort of he just sort of went away. Uh, camping, something I'll never do. I hate camping. I hate the idea of camping. I don't know. I need a five. Well, four. I need a four star hotel. This is why I couldn't do camping or jail. I need a four-star hotel. You know. Okay. So I guess there'll be no other calls today, which means I'm going to wind things down. And I'm going to remind everybody that the name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll be right back with you. I'll be right back with you tomorrow night. But until then, I want to remind you, I want to remind you, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.